0: welcome back to your home inspector training I am Garth Haslam in this segment I want to cover something that I believe is probably the most key ingredient to you being successful as a home inspector and no it has absolutely nothing to do with how much you have prepared yourself knowledge wise to be the home inspector in this case it is about you uh, and the relationships that you create how honest you are and how honest you come across as, um, you know, basically these guys are making a, you know, anywhere from a couple hundred thousand dollar decision to a half million dollar decision, whatever it is, maybe it's a five million dollar decision, but they are placing huge uh, levels of confidence in your abilities to guide them as to move forward or not, or somewhere in between. Uh, You're getting a ton of what's the word responsibility, because they are expecting you to know everything, uh, that there is to know about every subject that they have any interest in. And, um, you know, so preparing yourself knowledge wise is great, but you, they've got to understand that you are and appear to be honest and straightforward. So that's huge. Now, honesty kind of, for me, being honest results in you appearing to be honest, you know, um, I don't know how to appear to be honest other than just practice that being honest all the time. So that's important to me if you're going to be on my team. I've got to have people who are honest. One aspect of honesty is admitting what you don't know. So for example, in the podcast for homeowners, I've done uh, what about 53 different categories of home inspection related issues. Everything from raccoons to spiders to asbestos to meth to electrical, plumbing, roofing. The list goes on and on. And as the home inspector you are going to be expected to be an expert in all of those categories and of course the reality is there's no way you can be an expert in all those categories. Um, Especially until you've been out there, you've done hundreds of home inspections, you've done perhaps a thousand hours of research. Uh, In order to just kind of be at a very basic level for what you need to be for for a home inspector. And you're not going to be there in every different category. Um, Especially unless you're an old man like me. So, honesty basically means that if you don't have the answer, you don't make some crap up. You admit that you don't have the answer you say basically i'll look it up i'll find it and you'll i'll get the the information to you in the report that i write tonight Uh, that's one of the reasons why you like to have the buyer there is so that um, they know what you looked at and you know what their concerns are and you can address those concerns rather than get a phone call five days later and say hey do you remember the red house on the corner that had the plumbing and especially if you're me the answer to that question is always no I have trouble remembering the house I did yesterday, but you know, um, that's another one of the reasons why you wanna have the guy there. Now, honesty, huge. You cannot succeed as a home inspector unless you are honest and appear to be honest. And I guess those two may be pretty much the same thing. So I guess uh, I guess the difference now that I'm, uh, you know, kind of ad hocing this is that if you, you know, one example of appearing to be honest, or not appearing, to be honest, even if you are, is maybe you're not showing up in the right stuff. Maybe you don't have a professional shirt that says, you know, this this is my company logo. Um, Or maybe you show up in a dilapidated car with rust spots all over it. Or, I don't know, maybe your hair is wrong. Or maybe you got the tats in the wrong place. Or whatever that might be. Um, Those sorts of things throw a kink in the works as far as... um, the clients trusting you so make sure you've got uh, that base covered whatever that may be for you. Be aware that you do have two sets of customers and you've got to keep both of them happy. One is the home buyer and if you don't make him happy he's going to report back to the realtor and, and tell the realtor that you suck in which case the realtor's not going to call you anymore and if you make him really unhappy then he's going to sue you and uh, that sort of thing can be a career end or two because that kind of stuff gets around. Last thing anybody needs is to be sued. Uh, the other side of the coin is you've got the buyer and he's a client but you also got the realtor and they're a client and their goals and needs are not the same. Uh, the buyer just wants to be given information straight and wants to know if he could be guided towards a sane investment decision in buying this house. The realtor has similar issues but he also needs you to not screw up the deal if it is truly not a deal that needs to be screwed up most of the good realtors and there are a lot of good realtors out there i know a lot of good realtors most of the good realtors actually would prefer that you shut down the deal if it needs to be shut down now for example of a deal that might need to be shut down is um i did an inspection where a guy's neighbor shows up to this old man. The old man is about 70. He's got no money. And he says, hey, I had a dream that you should buy my house from me. And the house was on the hill. It was sliding down the hill. One of the walls was actually falling away from the rest of the house. Uh, there was no foundation on beneath one of the major walls. There was no heating system. Uh, this guy had no... the buyer had no savings, no construction background. Basically, he was going to spend his life savings on a house that he did not have either the means nor the knowledge to fix. Um, You can imagine the amount of work it would take to put in a heating system in a house. And I said, well, do you have the money to do that? No, but I'll save up. And so at that point, I actually stopped in the middle of the inspection and said, look, I cannot in good conscience even continue. You are not the right buyer for this house. And um, I'm not going to make any bones about it. I'm not going to finish this inspection for you. Uh, it was that big a deal to me, so I went uh, like a, uh, a whipped puppy into the realtor, and I said, I, "Look, sorry, but I just killed your deal." And uh, I expect him to be, you know, upset or basically grimace and say, "Okay, well, you know." Instead, he thanked me. Because he figured that I would be the only guy who could, and it turned out the client was his dad, who wouldn't take his son, the realtor's advice. It had to come from somebody else. We've all been there. We, He said, I could not talk my dad out of buying this house. So, there are times when killing the deal is the right thing to do. You know, uh, Just because a home has structural issues, or maybe it has meth issues or mold or maybe it's got asbestos or whatever it is that alone is not justification for killing a deal Um, what is uh, justification is if you've got somebody who let's say it's asbestos who and the asbestos is clear throughout maybe that person has no idea what to do with asbestos they have no time they have no extra money they don't Really have the means to call somebody. They need to get in. They need to live in this house right now. Then you say, "Hey, look. You know, this doesn't look like this property is right for you." So that is the exception. But the general rule is that you are going to want to. Um, your job is not to pass or fail any home. It is to make to make very clear what the issues are of the home. the buyer so that the buyer can make a clear decision as to whether this is a picture that they want to buy. And you know that goes back to the realtor Um, you know if you got to kill a deal everybody understands that but don't kill a deal over something stupid. For example I mentioned asbestos and let's say that uh, they're buying a home built in maybe 1970 maybe it's got asbestos duct wrap maybe it's got asbestos popcorn ceiling texture you know that is what it is it kind of comes with those older homes and there are ways to deal with that it's not that big a deal you can you know you can go to the asbestos podcast for that but the the point i'm making is that um you know if you're finding asbestos or something like that maybe it's a hot neutral reverse electrical plug you provide that information to the client you do not provide the summary to them as to whether the asbestos or the hot neutral reverse plug or the raccoons in the wall means they should or should not buy that house this is important to the realtor because in many cases you know there's a budget the realtor's got to deal with and in those same cases maybe the home they found is the best home that this particular buyer can afford you don't know that information so again your role is not to say pass or fail it's to say here's the condition of this home and that is what the realtor needs from you by the way don't make the realtor look dumb Uh, if you do that will be the last time he or she calls you and you know it's you just don't need to make anybody look dumb you don't need to try to pretend that you're smarter or better or stronger or quicker Or anything else Uh, you're just you're just there to take care of the client you got a job to do you take care of that client well and they will decide if you're awesome you don't need to tell them that you're awesome it's that kind of goes without saying you would think but you know I I see a lot of inspectors that try to, to pretend that they are awesome and they're not have the client there when you inspect this is huge and if you're intending to be on my team, it's going to be something that I require. Now, let's go back to the asbestos, for example, because I just mentioned that. If you have the client there, you can say, okay, here's the asbestos. It's asbestos duct wrap. You can do this, this, and this with it. And then you can move on and you know find whatever other problems are on the helm. By contrast, if you have them show up at the end or if they just get the report, and the report says, oh, by the way, this home has asbestos, um, the client might run. And that's going to piss off the agent. And also, you know, if, you're, if you don't have two hours to clearly identify to the client that this is asbestos, that's not asbestos over there, this is asbestos, and this is what it's going to cost you, these are the risks, these are this is how to deal with it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you don't have that two hours to give that information to them, Uh, they're going to be calling you later and or they may be their lawyer may be getting a hold of your lawyer and you just don't need that so um, you've got to have the client there that's going to make you very unique as a home inspector and that is exactly what you're looking for everybody else likes the client to show up at the end you can give far better service if you have the client there the entire time teach and educate them honor them serve them and make sure that at the end of the inspection they put their face in front of you and say thank you for that you helped me now i know what to do i'm ready to take the next step and whether that's to keep going or whether it's to run away and go find another home if they don't come to you and say that was awesome you really helped me you really served me and if they don't give you a heartfelt uh, level of appreciation you failed and you have missed an opportunity to create a customer who will keep sending clients to you over the years the value of that customer and this is probably the next the next segment i need to cover is you need to understand the value of a client Uh, somebody sends you a referral or maybe you just get a phone call and somebody says okay go do my home inspection and so you show up you meet them there you do the inspection you you know you do you, you go through the motions you mail it in and you give them a report and they say okay here's thank you um that customer was worth i'm going to say 400 dollars to you that's what i presently charge and that's a failure by contrast if you get that call, you do the inspection, you've got them there, you teach them, you give them everything you've got inside, you take extra time to make sure that that you personally appreciate them and that you're giving them as much knowledge as they need to be able to manage their home well. Now all of a sudden this guy, he gets his he puts his face in front of you and he says, "Thank you." And then he goes to his realtor and he says, "That home inspector was awesome." And the realtor says, "Oh, great i can refer that guy over and over and over again and i can tell my other realtor friends about this guy if you start doing the math if this realtor is selling one home per month and he's referring every one of those to you uh over a 10-year period of time um thousand-dollar dollars realtor that's what this guy is worth if you get one inspection per month from him each month for 10 years Not only that, so this realtor is worth $50,000 to you personally over the next 10 years. I actually have had realtors work with me for well over 20 years, and then they refer others to me. Uh, They became brokers and referred all the uh, agents that worked for them to me. Uh, The one guy that I'm thinking of specifically has to have been worth considerably more than $100,000. So, you know, this is not a $400 home inspection. You are earning somebody's respect and loyalty and trust. And when you do that, that can be worth six figures at least, uh, often more. So this is what you are working to, uh, to earn. Uh, and this is also why you want to make sure that you don't make the realtor look bad. Because, you know, if, if so, and you piss him off and he's offended, you just lost $100,000. Uh, nobody wants to do that so you know take care of those clients and honor them have the client be there when you inspect be punctual you know uh, what I tell a lot of the guys that I train here locally is that you get one mistake maximum and sometimes that mistake can be a technical issue where maybe you know you might miss a cracked window or maybe there's a you know some burner on the stove or whatever, you you are allowed a maximum of one. And if you show up in a nasty truck or a car or you know something that just doesn't look professional, that's your one mistake. If you show up in, in a shirt that doesn't have a logo on it, that's your one mistake. They'll, most people will give you the benefit of the doubt once. If you do more than that, then they've lost faith in you, and you suck, and you're not going to get recommended, and you're far more likely to get sued. So uh, have all the basics, and we're going to talk about that in another segment. But one of those mistakes that uh, you're allowed is being on time. If you show up 10 minutes late, that's the one mistake. Everything else you do for the next two hours better be perfection, or you suck, and you've lost. The respect of the client so bottom line punctual get there early and make sure that the one mistake isn't used up before you even meet the person uh, never assume don't assume that uh, maybe if you've got a man and a woman and they're looking at a house don't assume that they're married that happened that happened to me don't assume that they're about to get married um, in one case I had a, uh, a couple that um, you know they were buying the home together and so I assumed they were married, and I said something along those lines, and I don't even remember what was said. But apparently, that really annoyed the uh, the woman because she thought that me assuming that they were married or whatever meant that they should be married, and it resulted in an argument. Almost lost the deal, and you know, then then the realtor had to cover for something that I said without even thinking about it. So, don't assume that that uh, they're married or anything like that um never assume that somebody is older or younger you know guessing people's ages uh, of course fraught with a ton of danger and uh, so just be careful about what you say about what you believe better off to keep very mum about those sorts of things and um it's worth stating again you never know it all even if you and if you think you do you don't and that's a bigger problem thinking that you know everything is actually a bigger problem than not knowing because you know the arrogance and and you know if you're quoting code for example and it's a 1970 home you better be quoting 1970 code and if you're quoting maybe plumbing code for 1970 you better have been certified as a plumber in 1970 so that you are licensed to actually speak of 1970 code. Once you start thinking you know it all, then it's time to go back to the books and, uh, and, and find out the myriad of things that you don't know. Uh, much better to have a quiet uh, strength than, than pretend that you're a big shot when everybody else around you knows that you're not. You're a home inspector. You'll never be a big shot. Neither will I. Um, We'll be back in the next segment with, uh, speaking of don't, with a set of don'ts to do as an inspector.